Goedemiddag en welkom in Stellenbosch, waar die stomers hier ooit op uit uitrol voor die mannen. Well, that's a slightly different start to a Craggy Rugby podcast than we normally have, but welcome to the Craggy's Connacht Rugby podcast, and that was a welcome in Afrikaans. And on the line, I've got William Davis. It's the day after the game, William, and um, I can see a few clouds in the sky over there, much like the clouds in Cox season so far. Yeah, it's got a little bit cloudy. It's still about uh, 20 degrees. It's a lovely afternoon here. Uh, it's just coming up to two o'clock South African time. So, um, yeah, it's the morning after. Um, had a nice sleep, which I needed, I can tell you. Um, it's also interrupted by the fact that I use a machine at night to help me breathe when I'm in bed. And, of course, we're still on what they call load shedding here in South Africa. It's I've actually got the load shedding app downloaded. I'm like a local uh, right. I know when the power is going to go off and I know when it's going to come back on. And that happens to about 30 seconds either side. You have to be aware of this. Uh, fortunately, we're only on stage four here in Stellenbosch, which is a two-hour power cut at a time, three times a day. Um, they're talking about stage eight here around the Christmas holidays, and that'll be six-hour cuts twice a day, possibly. That wow. uh, doesn't bear doesn't bear thinking about, but we possibly have to be aware of this in Ireland as well. The problem here is the fact that their infrastructure for um, their power stations is just falling apart. So you also get an update on the repairs in the power stations. People here take it very seriously. They're very fed up with it. Yeah, and I'm sure it's something that's going to happen in Ireland as well. Um, as you say, over this, this winter, hopefully it's not too cold and hopefully we don't have to suffer too much. But um, yeah, interesting Interesting scenario. I think we had power cuts during the game yesterday, I believe. Yeah, we two uh, during the broadcast uh, at two o'clock, they did a load shed, which apparently wasn't supposed to happen. So the generators kicked in. But of course, the generators don't come in for about a minute. So having had two and a half hours of absolutely perfect setup, you, this always happens. Yeah, yeah. Um, we lost the line to go away had to reset everything, get it going again, which it did. The Wi-Fi came up eventually. Um, and then at four o'clock, just after the um, big incident of the red card, the generators were switched off automatically because the power came back on. But the problem then was the Wi-Fi decided it wasn't going to come back. Uh, but Plan B, which is a little app on the phone called Tyline App, uh, and we finished the game, myself and Tank, uh, for 20 minutes with just one microphone. Um, somewhat disconcertingly, I was told by studio that the quality on that was better than the unit <laughs> with the two headsets and the <laughs> mixing disc. We did also lose the referee. Um, and I have to say a special thanks to Kuba. Now, the reason I did the click was Kuba works for Supersport. And he said he would sort it all out for me, but I had to get his name right. And uh, I was a couple of, well, I'd say it was at least a minute learning the click that you have to do. It's mm -hmm. uh, it's in the Hauser language. They have clicks for everything. Uh, but once we did that, he sorted me out fantastically. I have to say a huge thank you to him. Um, like most engineers, he just made lines on the spot. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not quite sure what he did, but he got me ref link. He got it linked into my mixing desk because I brought their own cables. I didn't know what they'd use down here. And they were slightly different, uh, but that was vital. It was certainly vital when we came to the um, scenario of uh, 
the red card because you have to listen to what the referee's saying at that stage because the crowd were just going bananas. You couldn't hear yourself think. I'll tell you what, we've got the the, the legend that is John Mulligan got me the, the audio, the match day audio, and we've got some in-match audio that myself and Danny took in Marty Rabbits because um, we watched the match down there in the green room. So here's the, the match, and um, we'll actually go straight into the post-match audio after it as well and come back and then talk to you about, as you say, the big incident in the game, which was the red card. So have a listen to this, folks. Steady scrum. Picked up at the back, fed out, up and over halfway. They're looking to get a little bit of width on this. There's a burst through the middle, but the secondary tackle is made. But fed out, and the Stormers are away. They're driving into the 22, and he's absolutely run over Mac Hansen. And that's a terrible score for Connacht to give away right at the start. There was a missed tackle in midfield, and it was Evan Roos, the number eight, who was there to get the job done. Okay, we're 20 minutes in. Connacht are losing by 10 points to three. Um, not great from Connacht, Danny. No, uh, seem to be uh, compounding errors. It's make one and then make the second and then uh, let them through. Now, Ruse took his try very well. You could probably, some people trying to maybe give an out about Matt, but I'm not sure I'd be wanting to go on a one-on-one versus him now myself. So, um, yeah, look, it's, it's, it's a bit back and forth. Uh, Connacht is still definitely in this game but uh, they need to stop the errors they do they do we could do it I'm getting across the game and a bit more often as well but um, we'll have to hope for better things the penalty now for the Stormers and they're probably going to go 13-3 up so Connacht have to score next we'll talk again at half time line out is in this time they've gone for Prendergast in the middle Connacht is the fourth or fifth attempt of the drive-in mall they're over the line can they get it down yes they have it down and Connacht are back in business. Oh, number two. And now there's a lot of pushing and shoving. And the referee's actually sort of dragged one of the Stormers players out of that. Well, at last for Connacht, they really needed that. OK, Danny, it's half-time. Connacht have managed to get a try from Dylan Shirley Martin. His first try, they get of, first try for Connacht. And they're losing 13 points to eight. And that was a much better second 20 minutes. Yeah, definitely a lot, a lot, lot better. Um, they're really putting the pressure on the Stormers as well. Uh, the Stormers just gave away five penalties in their own 22. Uh, six if you include the one that was just outside to get us in there. Um, so we're putting them under a lot of pressure. Uh, the ref has also warned them for a second yellow card. And uh, we went to the corner and just kept putting the pressure on, on in the mall. And Dylan Tierney Martin came, came away with a great try. We held on to the ball. I think that's the biggest point. Held on to the ball and played in the right areas. Uh, and there was a great tactical kick from Blade to get us down there, you know, putting pressure on. Uh, Stormers had a bit of a rush of blood to the head, which they're liable to do. So, yeah, we've about seven or eight minutes left on that yellow card, so Connacht need to score first in the second half, and that's not something that they've been willing, they've been particularly good at doing. So we'll talk again on 60 minutes, but hopefully a bit better, even better news. Connacht retaining possession. Now Mark Hansen's in the clear. Hansen's Lovely. up and over the halfway line. He's got Marmion inside him. He finds the outside line to Porch. It's a slow enough pass. The pass was inside to Marmion. There's a very hard clear out there by Bundiaki. The crowd are up in arms, but Connacht aren't paying attention. They're driving through. Marmion, Hawkshaw with a cross kick. Hawkshaw with a cross kick. Will he get the... Will it, will it come there? Will it come there? Yes, it's a try for Connacht. It bounces up. And the try under the post for Connacht by Tom Farrell. Now the referee's going to have a little look at this, I think. So the facts are we got dangerous clean out by number 23, Green. His direct contact to the head. And to me, is a high degree of danger. Do you agree? The red card. 
Yeah. Agoreja Luca. So it's red card for me. Agoreja Luca. Okay. Number 23, please. No. Wait, hold on. Captain. Sorry, hold on. Hold on. It's only me to explain, okay? Yeah. The footage is clear. Okay. It's dangerous clean out, okay? okay. It's direct contact to the hand and it's at full speed, at high speed. So to me, the degree of danger is high and it me? is a red card. Clean out. Where do you want me? Where do you want me on the I already explained yeah. to you. Where do you want me? Hold on. Wait, Captain. Wait, 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 okay. Okay, there's so much excitement there. Um, around 62 minutes, and Stormers have scored a try with about four forward passes in it. Uh, but bigger news that Bundy got a red card for that clean-out. Fully deserved, Danny. Yeah, it's just moronic. There's no other way to describe it. It's just absolutely moronic. He doesn't need to do it. Um, but the game is definitely broken up now. There's a lot more uh, offloads and a bit more flow in play, especially for Connacht. Uh, there's been a whole load of subs come on, and they're definitely bouncing at the moment. They are, but I think that try, even though as you can hear from the, the crowd in Murtys, in the green room in Murtys, are shouting at all the forward passes and they look forward, at least two of them were forward. Um, the try has been given and Connacht are now 24 points to eight down and one man less on the field, so we'll talk again on full time. And that sound is the sound in the clan of utter despair as Connacht concede a bonus point try on 82 minutes 83 minutes Danny Connacht well well beaten today 38 probably 15 um, with the red card to Bundy not a turning point but it certainly didn't help I disagree I think it was I think if Bundy doesn't get, doesn't do that stupid clean out we go and score in the corner uh, and all of a sudden it's a it's a lot closer game because we weren't that far behind them at that point. Like, um, what really killed off the game was they went down the pitch, they scored a try, maybe off a couple of forward passes, but they scored a try, that's a 14-point 14, 14, 14 squint. And then they, they make an opportunity another few minutes later and score again. That killed the game. That was it, the game dead. But it was frustrating because it was just as the game started to open it up and kind of seemed to be playing well. And it just completely killed the dead with that red card. Yeah, it certainly did, it certainly did. Okay, um, let's get to post-match thoughts of Andy Friend and whoever else William has got hold of. Um, we'll probably hear from John Dobson too. Um, with a bit of luck, I'll, um, we'll have William on the line to finish out, finish off this podcast. Um, again, another big defeat for Connacht, so not the start of the season that they wanted. But um, let's hear the post-match press conference. Andy, that was a disappointing outcome. Uh, try just before half time, possibly should have settled you down a little bit, but there was a lot of penalties early in the second half, and then the red card was. Uh, it really changed after that, especially as Connacht had a try based on the play that came after that. Yeah, I thought the game was in the balance at that stage. I mean, they, they were 16 8 up, but at the same time, uh, both teams were making errors, both teams were giving away penalties, and I felt the next the next score was going to be a really crucial score, and it happened uh, to be one that then was ruled against us because of the red card. So not only did we have the try taken off us, but we went down to 14 men, and it's hard enough to beat uh, the Stormers away from home, but with 14 men, it makes it very, very hard. What did you think of the red card, decision-wise? Well, listen, it, it, there's contact to the head, so we need to protect players, bottom line. Um, so it's a red card. Can a player go any lower though in that situation? Is it? I, I think the, you know, my only frustration with it, we have a player who's not supporting his own body weight. So there's an, an illegal act that's happening there. 
and, and then we have another player that comes in. Now, you shouldn't hit the bloke in the head, so um, the, the bottom line is we need to protect players, and there was contact to the head. The, the game itself um, kind of created more opportunities than they did in Belfast. They got better access to the game. But at the crunch moment, some of the decision-making, it, 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 there was opportunities maybe out wide that weren't taken. Maybe there was a little bit of uh, reluctance to, to just throw that pass out. And it, it, it looked a little conservative and a little bottled up. Yeah, I think that's a fair reflection, William, to be honest. I think uh, we said the same in the sheds. There's, there's opportunities there. We're, just, we're not finding them yet. Now, the beauty of that is it's frustrating, but the beauty of that is it's, it's round two. We've got another 16 rounds to go. So we know that we are creating, but we've got to be much, much better at seizing those opportunities, especially away from home because you don't normally get too many. Um, and we've got, to, we've got to be brave enough to seize them and, and, and put the ball into the space that we've created. Would part of the way the Stormers played, they took their points when they had the opportunities, they, they converted the penalties, and then when they got the opportunity late in the game, they, they opened it up. Is that something Connick maybe have to look at as well? That you know, the game lasts 80 minutes, and if you if you if you're in it at 60 or slightly ahead at 60, you can then punish the opposition when you when you get the chance when the game opens up a bit. Yeah, I think yeah, we, we we say to the players, it's got to be a feel for them out there. Like if they feel that they're in a position where they're on top, then we're prepared to back them. If you're not and you feel that actually points is what's needed at this particular point in time, well, then take the points. I, I don't think we turned down too many opportunities that were kickable in terms of easy kickable. Yes, they're kickable, but I thought Manny Libov did very well. He's a good goal kicker and when he lined up, shy of two, I think he, he nailed them. Dylan, what's the initial reaction there? It's uh, it's probably hard to take it all in. That, that second half got a bit uh, manic at times, especially the play opened up. The first half was quite tight. Yeah, it's it's pretty raw at the minute, but it is frustrating. Um, as Friendy said, like we, we definitely had opportunities, but whether we took the right options when, when they presented themselves, I don't know. And Whether we were a bit, a bit too eager, a bit too too fresh I don't know but I think that there was definitely more opportunities there than we than we went for but like on a positive on a positive I thought our mall looked strong when we got into those positions um, but yeah it definitely is it is frustrating in terms of uh, I definitely think we were a much better side than we, we showed there towards the end yeah there was an improvement from Belfast but you know it's a winning game is what you need and it's you know two down you've got a tough game next Friday um, so you've got to turn it around. Is there, when you do the review on that and you take the positives out of it, will you, will you feel that you can drive on from 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 where you're going to be? Yeah, I think the beauty of what we did today is well, the beauty, but it's not the right word. But the fix, I think, of what we did today is just a little bit more patience. It's the, it's the easiest fix there is. It's it's super controllable. It's it's always it's always us that's standing in our way. So. I think once we can kind of look look in the door, look in the mirror and point the finger at ourselves, there's a lot of fixes there. and It's an easy one to do in a six-day turnaround, I think, but we've just got to look look in the mirror and look within. Um, there's opportunities there, as we said, and mistakes, whether they're penalties or whether they're, they're knock-ons in, in the opposition 22 when we need to come away with points. Um, they're certainly fixable. Tom, congratulations. Ah, Willie. How are you? How are you? I made it here. Good. Um, hoping for a better result for Connacht, but uh, 
you guys were impressive. You took your points, you kicked your points, and once you, the game opened up, I thought you were pretty ruthless, ready to get it finished. Yeah, um, yeah. listen, when I'm not being patronising because you're here. I thought there was a, the score was flattering. I mean, there's no question. Uh, that was, a, to my mind, Connor to a better team today than we played in Galway, where we lost last year. I, I just thought that the attack, Oscar, was really well organised, and they got momentum. Is, and we talk about the run, catch, run. Um, so I think it flattered us a little bit, but that's where we were good. We took our points and we, uh, at the critical time of the game. So yeah, we, we got to what, whatever it was, 24-8 or whatever the story is. Then afterwards we were a bit loose and we threw away a couple of tries, but yeah, we just wanted to stay one score clear and make them chase a bit, which sort of worked. But they tough team. Were you, were you surprised just how conservative they were when they were, um, when Connick were attacking the... They had opportunities to move the ball wide. I know your defence was working really, really hard, but they, they seemed to lose their nerve a bit. Yeah, look, I mean, from like, uh, yeah, just from the coach's box, when they were doing those pick and, you talk about those pick and goes, we thought if they swept, you know, we'd be in a lot of trouble. And I thought, I thought that's it. I thought our force didn't defend particularly well until they got to a line, and then we defended really well. I, 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 I agree with you, because I, Connor I, kind of known for that, and I thought this surface, uh, they, they could have moved, you know, with Mac Hansen, you know, that maybe there's opportunity to, to miss them because they, sorry, I've got a lot. But the first off, especially, I thought on that far side, the open stand side, there were lots of opportunities which they didn't maybe use. Okay, so we heard uh, Andy Friend not very happy with the fact that, well, actually, no, accepting that the red card was a red card, which it was. Um, Dylan Tierney Martin just not happy with the fact that we weren't making use of the chances we were creating, and and John Dobson being very generous towards Connacht and saying that the the match was. Uh, much closer than the scoreline suggested. But really, William, it's all about that red card, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, Bundy had come on fired up. There's no question about that. He had given away one, if not two penalties. He gave away a penalty almost immediately by being in front of the kicker from a penalty, uh, which they kicked and got three points from, Mm. as far as I remember. Mm -hmm. Um, Look, if the try goes in, Tom Farrell is in, under the posts, it's 2015 and there's 20 minutes left. It's that simple. And Connacht have done the thing they wanted to do, which was stay in the game. And Tank, who was commentating with me, uh, great co-commentator, I have to say, fabulous fella. Um, mm-hmm. uh, he whispered in my ear, he said, that would the game was yours to win then. They had switched off a little bit. Uh, they'd become very one-dimensional in their attack. They weren't prepared to throw the ball around and he felt they would have gone back into their shell. Problem is, the seven points didn't happen. Mm-hmm. It was a red card. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was commentating on the time. I think I said uh, Connacht have won that ball or Connacht have got the ball and then the clear out came in. Whether there was a need for a clear out or not is debatable, but it was entirely the wrong type of clear out. I have uh, some sympathy with the fact that I'm not sure you can get any lower if you're going in to clear out in that position. But yeah, the, question... the, Stormers, the Stormers player was was illegal in himself. His hands were on the ground. He was and his head was very low, and he was illegal in his own right. Yes, but you can't hit him on the head with your shoulder. Mm-hmm. That's the simple fact. And apparently, he's got a pretty bad shoulder injury after as well because he was head and shoulder took him. It was unfortunate. It was a fired up player. Um, but the game changed on that. Connacht's heads dropped. They had uh, used their yeah, bench. Before we, before we go into it, just, just oh. on that fired up player and the fact that it was Bundy who did it. Bundy has come off the bench 
when he's been on the bench eight times for Connacht, we've won one of those games when he didn't actually come off the bench. We've lost the other seven. Yeah, that's I, fascinating. That's a fascinating stat. I, it's perhaps a little bit surprising he didn't start. You bring him all the way down here. The locals knew two players, Mac Hansen, Bundiaki. Uh, there is a respect for what Ireland have done at international level. So therefore, they focus on the players that played against New Zealand for Ireland when they won. Everybody has been talking to me about that. They don't like New Zealand. They love to see them beaten. The owner of the hotel here said his father has two teams, South Africa and Ireland. He loves the way Ireland are trying to play their rugby. Hmm. Um, so that begs the question why they didn't start him. I think he is a better starter. I think he gets worked up on the touchline. He was very worked up yesterday. There was a lot going on, but they were so in this game. They weren't, Connett weren't playing particularly well, but neither were the Stormers. They were making a lot of mistakes and the Stormers were giving away a lot of penalties because mm. they were under pressure. Every time they were put into a defensive on their fifth and sixth phases on, it was just a penalty coming. They were, they were a penalty machine. If you could hold on to the ball and play through, you'd get a penalty. Now, they were clever. They didn't give the penalties in kickable positions. Connacht were guilty of that. And it was an easy kicking day yesterday. But the game changed after that and it got away from Connacht. They kept going. They weren't accurate enough. They weren't hard enough in the first up tackle. They missed some tackles. And they overplayed in situations. And then, as I suggested to Andy Friend, they underplayed a couple of times. Yeah. They got stuck on this on-the-line pick-and-go. Look, there was Mac Hansen was jumping up and down, waving his arms twice in the first half. There was nobody near him. Now, okay, mm. you've got to take a risk. But I think they've become a bit conservative. Yes. May, and maybe you needed a Jack Carty to be there to say, right, we've tried three of these on the line moves. Now we're moving the ball. Because their, their wide out defense was poor. They didn't seize those chances. They played in this tightened way mm. and it cost them. Yeah. Yeah, it certainly did. It certainly did. Because like when they did throw the ball wide in that second half, when it did loosen up a bit, you could see Connacht made loads of ground. And if you look at the the Bundyaki incident, it came from the ball going wide and, and Mac Hansen making a great break on the outside and popping it to, I think it was John Porch, um, who then got tackled and then Bundy does his manic clean out. Um, we were in Murty's and you know you could hear the, the crowd in Murty's not very happy with Bundy with that. No, that clean out it was just it was just a lunatic clean out um, but Connacht were as you say were in the game and even after they went down to 14 and let that try and uh, I still have looked at that try two or three times the one that, that you know there's the Stormer second try and to me there's at least two forward passes in there um, but they didn't even look at it and that, that made a huge difference in the game because it was effectively a 14 point swing um, but Connacht still tried to play and we're getting, as you say, we're getting outside him and you'd like to see a little bit more of that. It does look as though if we're going to try and play conservative rugby, we're going to be in huge trouble for the rest of the season. We need to make use of some of the players we have on the outside um, and we need to make better use of them. Yeah, ab absolutely. There was there was two incidents stand out. Mac Hansen got the ball and made a break. He made 40 metres in no time. He chipped the kick through. And running back, I think it was to vet the scrum half, made a great over-his-head catch to stop uh, Mac Hansen picking that ball up to score. And then later on in the game, Kieran Marmion, uh, I spoke to him actually on Friday about 
maybe he started to go back to his old style of running. He made a break. He got into free space and he had to pass to Mac Hansen and he didn't. He went back inside and looked for cover. Yeah. Uh, if that ball had gone to Hansen, I think he would have scored. I think he had a, I said on commentary, yeah, I think he had a clear run in. I didn't see the replay, so I don't know if he did. But again, there might have been one, there might have been one defender uh, there, but like at that speed. One on one. Was it, was it, was it Hansen or Porch? I can't remember. Uh, I'll have to go back and look at that, but it was definitely the winger. It was definitely a winger outside him. (laughs) No, it was, it was, it was Hansen. And it was one on one. I would back the winger every time yeah, because I think absolutely. defensively, uh, you, you know, if you've only got one man, you don't know. Maybe he'd make the tackle of the season. Jared Butler made a fabulous tackle and a steal early on to stop because the Stormers were on top at the start of the game. Yep. Um, I don't know how the red card will, will play out. I'm sure there'll be a hearing. There'll be discussions. There'll be some sort of a ban. But... And I'm sure that ban is not going to get mitigated for a short time because the way he complained to referee and then the assistant referee and just kept complaining afterwards, that's not what you want from your most senior player on the team. No, it's not. And I think that will go against him. Um, I understand the question that he asked, which was, and he should maybe have asked it once and then gone, um, which was, where do you want me to go? Because that's the problem. And it's a problem for rugby. Talking to Tank Lanning again, he made the point that rugby has to deal with this issue of A, the player that's been cleared out being illegal. Yep. And B, if you're that low to the ground, what do you do? You've only got the room from the elbow to below the shoulder line to hit. Mm. So is the player coming in supposed to either just jump out of the way and avoid making the contact in the clear out or how do you deal with it but it was a bad decision it cost his team it's going to cost him yeah it it, it resonated la- you know last night at the, at the press conference uh, and he didn't want to get into it too much but i think his comment was very honest and upfront he didn't defend it he talked about the illegality of the player but that doesn't there's no mitigation in that at all there's none. There's absolutely none, and I don't. There's much more we can say about it. We just have to wait and see what what the um, what the ban is going to be. Um, okay, so Connacht have now they're now bottom of the championship. I haven't seen Connacht on the bottom of the championship for an awful long time. They've conceded. They're they're minus forty nine points. If Dragons, if Munster don't beat the Dragons, or Dragons get any sort of point or bonus point today, Connacht will be at the end of this round two at the bottom of the table. And it's not somewhere where we want or expect Connacht to be. Um, so it's going to be, and you know, going to play the bowls. Uh, that's not going to get any easier um, going up. But they do have some players back. They do have some players who've flown over, I believe. Yeah, I, I'm not sure that, I, I would have expected them to be bottom. I thought they would lose these first two games. So I, not, I don't think there's but, any, but not not by as much as they have, and not without getting possibly at least one bonus point somewhere along the way. Mm, not sure. Uh, I think yes, they've conceded more points maybe than you would expect, but they don't win in Belfast. And I'm telling you now, sides that come down here and win will be few and far between. I think this start for Connacht's impossible. I said that when we kind of previewed the season, it's a nonsense, and that's not with my green glasses on. It's just the logistics of this. Three away games, two in South Africa, two teams won down here last year. I'll be fascinated to see what that is at the end of the season. 
Maybe if some of the heavy hitters like Leinster and Munster and Ulster come down here with full squads, they might win some games. But it was only Connacht and Edinburgh that won here last year. Um, then they go back to play two interprovincials. Then they play Scarlets, but then <laughs> Ulster give them a dubbing yesterday. And then they play the Ospreys. Now, I'm not making excuses for them, and they wouldn't make excuses. They don't talk about seven games. They talk about game to game to game. But you have to be realistic. This start, and John Dobson chatting to him afterwards yesterday said to me, that season for Connacht is a disgrace. That was his word. Mm. Because he's just making the point that you cannot do this to any side. I don't know how it's happened, but it has happened. And they're going to have to try to deal with it. The problem is, after those seven games, we will know whether the season is still live or whether the season is just a treading water operation. Again, Connacht would never admit to that, but you need 11 wins. They now need to win 11 games out of 16. That's my read. Yep. I get you to 44 points and they need to pick up 10 bonus points. You would hope over 18, 16 games you would do that. That gets you in the mix for the top eight. That said, they haven't played well in either game. They got better access to the game yesterday than they did in Belfast. In Belfast, they barely took part. Yesterday, they were in it. They were 20 points to eight down. The try happened. The try was correctly marked off. But they need to get significantly better very quickly and that has to start next Friday night in Loftus Firstfeld in Pretoria and then they get on a plane and they come back and Munster roll up the following Friday night followed by Leinster and there's no there can be they can't stop at this level they have to get better uh, and get into the game a hell of a lot faster they certainly do. They certainly do. And that game, it's a, it's a half-five kickoff. Am I right? Is that a half-five kickoff? Yeah, half past six in the evening in uh, Pretoria. It's what they call a Friday night beer match. That's what they're hoping, that people will come along after work, have a few beers, uh, have a, a, a bourbon sausage, which seems to be the staple diet of rugby fans here. Uh, I didn't get one yesterday. I was just about to go and get one when the power went off. Um, but uh, that's the... That's what I'm told. That's why it's on a Friday night. It's also television, look, TV, drive and control and awful lot of this stuff. So that's that. That's the kickoff times. Half five at home and go. A bit of a funny one, but hopefully people, if they're stuck in their cars in the traffic or maybe they've got home a bit early, they can switch on um, Galway Bay and tune into the commentary. Uh, and it will be Brendan Nell on co-commentary. And that could be an interesting experience because Brendan is a very opinionated man. He certainly is. He certainly is. Okay, okay. That's right. We'll we'll leave that. We we'll leave it here now. I think we've 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 covered enough of the, the game. Um, I'm sure we could cover more, but we will um try and get a midweek podcast in where I'm going to bring in some of the other the rest of the craggy crew. Um, now that I'm back in Galway, I can sort of get myself a little bit more organised. Now that I've access to the internet all the time and not just intermittently. Um, and you're still going around chatting to people. You're still going around chatting to different players, and we have a couple more. That we'll we'll keep one. I think we've almost got one every day at this stage, um, so we keep firing out those interviews because some of them are really really good. Um, yeah, so. there's yeah there's more interviews to come, um, and there'll be more interviews with the coaches in the back. Well, actually, more of the backroom staff. We get to talk to the coaches plenty, yeah. but we'll be talking to some of the backroom staff to get, find out what they're up to, uh, and more players. A couple of the players came up to me this morning. I was having my breakfast and said. I have to come and talk to you during the week. I said, yep. I said, yep. I said, it's not compulsory, but I said, it is on the plan. 
and they said okay when's that happening and I said oh well you gotta you gotta talk to Stephen and Connick I said just just be there when he tells you please yeah and they said yeah they would do they would do and um yeah we'll go from there um not quite sure what the situation is with Caelan Blade yet uh he was in a booth this morning having a chat with him but with all these things they they wait till they they always wait 28 sorry 24 36 hours before they start really looking yeah. he said it wasn't he said he felt it wasn't as bad as it was but he said it was really excruciating for about a minute and then he said he wanted to walk off but they insisted that he go on the truck um so good he for was TV. driven good off good for tv that it's very good for it's, tv <laughs> It's good for TV, and to be fair, the crowd give him a hell of an ovation going off. Interesting as well, when the Connacht match finished and the crowd of about 5,000 either went home or went up to a, a gigantic screen that they had near the beer tent for the Springboks match, uh, the Western Province uh, Club B Old Boys final came on. <laughs> no, they weren't old boys. They were, they were from schools. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. About 3,000 streamed in for that. And it was harem, scarum stuff. Uh, St. George's led 28-0. I don't know who the opposition were, but at that stage, they decided the best way to play the game was to start punching people. Uh, there was a little bit of... Uh, there was actually a proper rock at one stage. Oh, and right. the poor, poor old referee was doing his damnedest. It got a little bit nasty at one stage, two players on the ground. And the touch judge just ran in and sort of put his boot in between them. <laughs> to separate them put up and shook hands and ran off it was fabulous stuff because I was packing up my gear watching this it just shows you rugby here is huge Yeah, it's 3,000 at that they had okay the crowd was 6,000 that's a good attendance at a ground out here mm-hmm. they're very excited to get yeah. uh, a URC game here um, and again um, it's been a great experience people have been immensely helpful special thanks to Michael DeVries in the Stormers their media man uh, there was Wi-Fi put in I've worked out yesterday the Wi-Fi was only really put in for me because the local journalists didn't need it Yeah, but it yeah. was put in so I could broadcast back and um, yeah they're, they're rugby people and as I say they're, they're well up with international rugby they're well aware of what Ireland are up to and I think they like the way Connacht try to play, but I think they feel probably we need to need to re-examine certain bits of what we're at. We certainly do. We certainly do. Okay, folks, we're going to leave it there. Um, we're going to put this one out free. We put the post-match uh, podcast out free. The, the podcast we're talking about with the players and the staff and whatever are on Patreon. So if you'd like to support the Craggy Crew, um, you can get you can go to patreon.com slash craggyrugby and for the price of couple of cups of coffee a, a month you can listen to mountains as we have now of audio from Connacht from every angle as we like to cover as much of Connacht rugby as we possibly can so thanks again for the, the support of all the guys who are already supporting us and um, if you want let people know that we exist give them send them links to this let them know that we're out there and um, try and get as much coverage help us get as much coverage of Connacht as we can to as many Connacht supporters as we can out in the world so thanks again folks We'll chat again soon. Loose, cut it loose. Break out or nothing changes. Sad and confused. Don't wait until.